1: We are back, and uh, we have this opportunity to talk to Eric Kaler. We've talked to him many times during his presidency. This will be our last official conversation with him because Joan Gable will take over that job tomorrow. I'm going online this week. I know he's going to be meeting with a lot of important people because it's his last week on the job. But what picture appears but Eric Kaler and Sid Hartman with Sid paying a, a visit to his office, and he's standing by to ask the first question right now. Sid?
0: Well, this will be the second time I interviewed you this week. I asked you. That's this, right, Sid. How about the question, is the sports better now than it was when you joined?
2: Well, Sid, I certainly think so. We've had uh, progress on a lot of good good fronts here, building on a strong base. Uh, I think having Mark Coyle as our athletic director, uh, building on uh, the foundation that Joel Baturi left for us. Uh, has moved us forward. Uh, I'm comfortable with our coaching. Uh, we've made a really significant investment in our physical infrastructure in the Athletes Village. Uh, so I think we're poised for some good success going forward.
0: Okay. What about uh, the Big Ten? What do you think of hiring the guy from the Vikings to run? The- Kevin Warren. Yeah, Kevin Warren.
2: Well, Kevin is a dear friend of mine, and I'm just delighted uh, that he's been able to come into this role in the Big Ten. Uh, I actually uh, was on the search committee for the position and uh, and saw the, the process as Kevin moved forward. He's got a great vision, a tremendous uh, work ethic, uh, a great way with people, and uh, I believe will uh, move the conference to even greater heights, which is which is hard to do because Jim Delaney has been the best commissioner in um, college sports in, in years and years and uh, has left, again, a really good foundation for Kevin to build on, and he's going to do great things.
1: Eric, you've had a chance to work with presidents both at the Big Ten level and the national level. Put on your, your crystal ball a little bit, looking five or ten years ahead. What are some of the major challenges you see with intercollegiate athletics?
2: Well, you know, the the one that's always front and center is uh, compensation of student-athletes. There's a, a school of thought that uh, believes that student-athletes should be compensated for what they do, uh, and that debate's going to go back and forth, uh, both in the, the Court of Public Opinion and uh, the Ninth District Court of California and other places. Uh, my own personal belief is that uh, the compensation that student uh, athletes get in terms of their education and exposure training uh, is uh, is good for them, and uh, I believe in the collegiate model as we uh, as we now practice it. But uh, not everybody does, and it'll be interesting to see how that evolves uh, going forward. That's the biggest issue, I think, for sure. I think uh, from a health and safety point of view, uh, increasing concerns about uh, concussions. Uh, not only in football, uh, which is uh, is front page news, but also in sports like, uh, in particular, women's soccer, uh, where concussions are uh, are quite frequent, uh, that may lead to some rule changes and uh, different ways we play the sports than we see now.
3: President Keeler, Mike Max here. If if uh, if you were, I mean, when you start talking about compensating athletes, I, I mean, you talk about Pandora's box. Where yep. would you begin a discussion there? Because the the day you do that the the Star Point Guard's gonna say, Well, I'm worth more than the, the track athlete that doesn't bring in any money. I mean, there's all kinds of things here that they're gonna get opened up. Where would you even begin that discussion?
2: Well, Mike, that's uh really one reason why I don't I don't think we can go down that uh that road. I think the collegiate model is uh is exactly uh what it is. It's uh a group of students who are athletes who want to compete a bit against students who are athletes of another organization and and we go ahead and do that. Uh I have seen no um anything resembling a, a convincing or thought out plan for for paying athletes that uh that is sustainable. I'd see ultimately if it if it gets to be that way, uh you could see some schools setting up uh, you know, the equivalent of, of minor league Teams. You license the, the name, the logo, and the stadium, and, and you watch uh, professional athletes play um, that sport wearing school colors. That doesn't feel very good to me, and uh, I, I just don't think there's a way to go there.
0: How about talk about the Big Ten expanding? Did any talk about that?
2: There is no current conversation uh, about expanding the, uh, the Big Ten from uh the existing fourteen teams, you know, we're we're not good at math in the Big Ten I guess. But <laughs> the uh uh the footprint I think is is pretty stable for now. Uh you know, when the media deals that are currently in place uh roll over uh, and whatever those new media deals look like could drive some um some realignment. Uh and and paying athletes uh, could also drive some realignment because I think there may be some schools in the country who would be willing to try to find a way to do that and uh, others who wouldn't and so you could see some realignment driven uh, by that basis but uh, for right now uh, we're sitting tight at 14 All
1: right, uh, We're talking to Eric Kaler. Uh Eric, I- I'm hoping we can hold you through a short break here because I- I'm looking around we both have a couple more questions. Is it possible to keep you for another couple of minutes beyond the break? You bet. Alright, we're talking to Eric Keeler. we'll be right back. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave and Mike all right, continuing our conversation with the University of Minnesota President Eric Kaler. Eric, we had Kevin Warren on three weeks ago, and one of the things we talked about is people cutting the cable, and ultimately what that means to that lifeline of, of revenue that uh, major colleges, especially the Big Ten, have uh, been able to take advantage of. Is that a topic when the presidents get together looking at the future of the revenue streams?
2: Uh, it absolutely is. Uh, we are all uh, concerned about what, uh, what this new space looks like. Uh, cord cutting is is uh, is a real thing? I think ESPN has lost uh, you know more than ten percent of their uh, subscribers. Uh, their cable bundling uh, models are are going to become obsolete. And how you begin to um, to provide uh, the the video and audio to uh, people who want to see it uh, and still monetize that uh, that programming is something that a lot of smart people are worried about.
0: What's the financial s- situation? Of the new facility,
2: so we have raised, uh, you know, well over a hundred million dollars towards the uh, Athletes Village. We're still um, in uh, in that mode. We have some prospects we think will uh, develop for uh, additional gifts, and uh, for that that uh, we've not covered by philanthropy, uh, we've uh, borrowed, and those uh, those uh, bonds will be repaid from revenues that come from uh, the athletic department. So we've used no state or or tuition money towards that, and uh, again, I think it's a real game changer—no pun intended—for uh, uh, for our student athletes, uh, both in terms of their ability to compete at the highest level, but also to uh, be a well-rounded student and uh, have uh, have the educational and career opportunities that they deserve.
3: I want to give you a multiple choice as a president. Which which one is more difficult to navigate? Athletics, faculty, legislature, regions.
2: And E would be all of the above.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> those, uh, those are, you know, a handful of the challenges that uh, the presidents uh, work through. And uh, you know, I've I've been doing this for great years, and I'm I'm pretty comfortable with uh, with what my record is about. And I wish uh, wish President Gable uh, all the best as uh, she moves into this role and uh, strikes at uh, all of the above on your list.
1: Well, Mike gave you a multiple choice. I'm going to give you a two-part question. One is, what sort of briefing did you get about a senior journalist in the Twin Cities named Hartman, who early in uh, your career, they said, probably will come calling? And what did you think the odds were he'd also come calling on your last week in office? And then secondly, for the benefit of people who haven't read the stories, tell us what you're going to be doing.
2: So, uh, Dave, thanks. Uh, you know, said. Sid is a uh, fixture beyond fixtures in, uh, in the Twin Cities media. You know, when I was here 40 years ago as a graduate student, uh, he was in the newspaper then, too. And uh, I do remember my scheduler uh, coming in uh, early on in my tenure and closing the door and saying, Sid Hartman, is in your, it's here, and he doesn't have an appointment. And I said, well, let's just send him on in. That's great. <laughs> and I, was, I was delighted to see him last week, too. And to uh, so what comes next? Uh, I'm going to spend uh, this coming year. Uh, working with the foundation as a senior advisor to them as we uh, turn the final corner on our four billion dollar uh, driven campaign, and uh, also back in uh, chemical engineering uh, department, starting to to gear up for teaching and research, and also uh, available to uh, President Gable uh, if uh, she needs me or wants me. So I plan to to keep uh, pretty busy, and then ultimately transition back to the the faculty, which is, you know, what started me down this road 40-plus years ago.
1: Well, we appreciate on this show your availability and the number of times you've come on with us, sometimes under difficult circumstances, and you've always always been available to us, and we appreciate that very much. And it would only be appropriate that for your last question as president, we defer to the senior member of this broadcast crew. I'm looking at you, Sid Hartman. What about me? What about you? <laughs> That's what everybody wants to know. I, uh. Here's the thing.
0: I think this guy has been one of the best presidents we ever had. And when it comes to sports, he's been unbelievable. I think the new woman president has a big challenge. And to replace him, uh, everybody says she's a great woman. You met her, and you very...
1: I was on the search committee. I'm very, very, fond to, of him.
0: He'll be tough
3: to replace.
1: Well, I know but, that speaking for all of us, Mike, can give you give him a Murray certificate now, can you, he? you know, he's he, had to turn down Murray certificates in for the eight past, years. Can, I, can he now? Dick, or, or if you send it tomorrow after he's? If, his if, ten if, years if years it's postmarked after midnight, can we send you a Murray certificate?
2: Well, I think you can, Dave. Right. If I get in trouble with the ethics police, I'll send it back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right, that's uh, Eric Keeler. He's been a terrific guest on so many times, and we appreciate uh, you and Karen and all you've done for the university and this community.
2: Thanks so much, Dave. Great to be with you guys.
1: All right. We'll be back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Mike said, we talked a little bit earlier about uh what's happening in free agency in basketball, obviously uh things are happening in hockey. I see Phil Kessel, that deal was rumored yeah. for a long time that happened overnight. He is going to go to the coyotes
3: yeah, that's who he wanted to go to yeah. and they wanted him out and uh, they're trying to rebuild that thing and uh uh Kessel was not uh you know they they, they tried to talk him into it here uh but you know they're they're talking about playing with Fiala and, and Koivu, and I'm not sure that that was anything that got him real excited, you know, at the time. The the big thing that you hear now is uh, we, we talked about it earlier this week, we reported about their interest in Pavelski, and, and there's no question 34 goals. But if you sign him, and they've got money to sign him, uh, then you really are playing to go to the cup again, you know, yeah. because cause you don't sign a 34-, 35-year-old unless you think you can, you know. And they, they are really caught in this quagmire right now because you'd have the old and the young and not much in between which is why Zucker always gets mentioned because he's the one in between
1: that puts up numbers. You know, I mentioned this before but a long time ago there was a Sports Illustrated story pre LeBron James talking about the plight of Cleveland and their analysis was the worst place to be was stuck in the middle Mm -hmm. and they actually were able to document it statistically and I think you can make a pretty good argument right now that the Wild is stuck in the middle trying to decide where to go. Do you you, just start over and rebuild with some pretty good young players? Do you add a couple of key pieces? Because look at what St. Louis did with just a couple of small changes in personnel and a head coach.
3: That's right. And the other thing that they got to look at right now is the wild is you know Craig Leopold is watching closely to see what happened to the players you traded yep. versus what we got back. So, so there's a dynamic going on there that's not being spoken about much publicly where he's watching and trying to figure out Uh, What direction are we going in here?
1: Sid, who do you think is more likely to be active in the free agent market, the Minnesota Wild or the Minnesota Timberwolves?
3: Minnesota
0: Timberwolves. I think that uh, Glenn will spend the money. I really do. Glenn will go over the salary cap, and he has done it in the past, and I think he'll do it again. They're hiring a lot of people. They got rid of some people. I'm sorry about some of the people they got rid of a, or if there some of the better people they had.
1: Mike, uh, Derek Rose's name has come up. You know, from everything I've read online, I sense that it's 80-20 that Derrick Rose will not be wearing a Timberwolves uh, jersey next year. Do you think that's a fair... Yeah, he
3: doesn't have any affinity to this market. And no. Tibbs was his guy, and Tibbs gave him his chance. And, uh, you know, and he appreciates that. But, there, you know, you know he, didn't, um, he and Teague both in the last couple months... They didn't go out of their way to make sure that they played right. when that team was, and I only say that because sometimes if, if you really want that organization to believe in you, you, you 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 take a step or two to show that I'm really invested in this. He didn't do that, and, and Teague, of course, was a, a a no-show, and I don't know if they can, I know, you know they'd love to trade him. They tried to trade him before the deadline. The only thing they got going with him for Teague is that if they bring him back, he's in the final year. Yeah. And maybe he'll play hard to prove to somebody, but even then,
1: you got to trade him by the deadline because he's not coming back. No, it's not, and it's nineteen million dollars. Nineteen anchor. million. I mean, it's just a, it is such a big anchor around their necks, What they can do, in you—I mean, they knew that when they took him on, but. but- Wow. Okay. My last question then on that topic. Ricky Rubio. What's going to happen to Ricky Rubio? Yep. A, a guy who everybody loves, great ball handler, great distributor. But the game has changed, and he's, you know, we yeah, thought he'd gotten well, better with his outside good. shot, but it's, you know, he's thirty three percent or whatever it is. Boy, a, a guard who can't shoot from the outside, not a hot commodity.
3: And they went and got Conley down there yep. in Utah. That told you how they felt about him. I think here, though, there are, you know, I, I've heard it more than once. Some of the guys have gone and lobbied. And said, "We want Rubio. We want Rubio as part of our point guard. What well, you know, he and Tyus together, whatever. Now, it wouldn't make much sense to go get Rubio unless you you, you had a place to send Teague. Right? Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to get anchored down with two point guards like that. But um, and Teague certainly is a better shooter, et cetera. But but I do think there's a spot there that you know, if Tyus ends up getting a great deal and and you can get rid of Teague, you got to have somebody play the point. Yeah. Yep.
1: Sid, what are your thoughts on?
3: Well, they'll need point guards. Why
0: don't they uh, sign him? He probably's not on the market for a lot of money. Which, who,
1: Rubio? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think, I he'd, think he'd, that would he'd be affordable. A, oh, I think that would be a good move. What's affordable now in the NBA? A mere, a mere $12 <laughs> you, million? Is you that you like, tell me, man. Is that a, is that a bargain?
3: <laughs> I guess, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it was twelve million a year. Is that considered if you're a starting point guard? Is that considered uh, you know an average number?
1: Probably. And if you listen to what Gerson Rosas told us last week, he said they're doing away with the uh, the one through five. And he said yep. every is an athlete. They're going to yep. move around. They got to do a lot of things. Well, that's okay, but you still got to need somebody out there who can make other people look good and distribute yep. the ball.
3: But but I would have to say, Dave, and, and and you and Sid can speak to this in baseball and NBA. We have probably not seen as many changes in the last 50 years as we've seen in the last two years. The shift, the, the hit home runs all the time, uh, the swing hard on 0-2, basketball. Yeah. The, the Don't worry about getting a – whoever thought that you'd be not worried about getting a big center, you know? Yeah. Everybody covered it at a center. Now you don't even care if you get one that's almost cumbersome. That taco yeah. down there in Central Florida can't find it. You know, yep. it can't get drafted. I've, uh, wouldn't you say that in the last couple of years we've seen more changes philosophically in those two sports yeah. than we ever thought we'd see?
1: I would agree with you, Sid. It's not—it's not that wonderful sport that uh, that you were the general manager of the, the, the Lakers. The three, yeah, I'm watching the clock because Dave St. Peter agreed to go on with us at 11:30, mm. uh, and I want to make sure we yep. get time to call. So we're going to take a break, maybe a minute early here, so we can bring in Dave St. Peter, get some Twins talk after that. I'm going to give the phone numbers here, but it'll be after the Dave St. Peter interview. We will have another open line session. So if you want to wait through the Dave St. Peter interview, give us a call, 651-989-9226. We will take your calls after that. But for right now, the next segment, Twins Baseball with Dave St. Peter. As you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. we are back. Time to talk more Twins Baseball. I can't get enough of Twins Baseball. First place Twins Baseball here on this station this afternoon. They play the Chicago White Sox and the president of the team is standing by to talk to us right now. Sid, you get the first question. You
0: think you made some personnel changes before the trade deadline?
4: Well, good morning, guys. Uh, Yeah, you know, we're going to do everything we can to make this team better, Sid. So, you know, one of the you know, potential guys that could be in the mix and on the mound for us today down in Chicago, Lewis Stewart. So there's a lot of internal candidates and then guys that might be in currently in starting roles that could be put into bullpen roles and vice versa. And, you know, no doubt that we've already seen some other contributions from our system. Um, we're certainly going to do everything we can to explore the trade market as well. And, um, you know, I think we've been pretty open that we think that uh, bullpen help may be a starter are both going to be in the mix. We're going to need to compete for those guys, and hopefully some of the assets that we've built up throughout our farm system are going to help us bring some of those guys across the finish line.
3: Dave, I said at Ball Daily about earlier this week about the schedule, and and the schedule's a change in big league baseball. You can go on a four-day road trip, uh, and obviously you had the days off the first two weeks, and it really comes into play, of course, when you get an 18-inning game and a 17-inning game. How do they arrive at uh, the schedule, the amount of off days, when they come, all those things? well
4: the uh, you know you're, you're trying to squeeze basically 162 games into about 182 days so you know the, the the number of off days you know we have some input on that we try to spread them out evenly this year of course it was front loaded a little bit uh, due to some quirkiness to our schedule in april
1: uh in, in
4: march but you know overall we try to spread them out and, and as you know we do everything we can to try to avoid Rainouts, and, and I know that's frustrating for fans at times and we wait around for a long time but you know the number of double headers can creep up I'm happy where we sit right now I think the balance of our schedule the rest of the way is, is, is ultimately an advantage for us and we're going to see a lot of games in the American League Central which we play all those teams 19 times it's funny, Mike. The schedule gets a lot of talk at the league. I think the league would like to go to a more unbalanced schedule. I think we think that that's what our fans want. Uh, I think they'd like to see, you know, frankly, um, more uh, visits from the uh, eastern uh, teams and the western teams. It gets easier to do when you're at 32 teams, so expansion starts to come into the mix. And then, of course, interleague play is always a hot button as well.
1: Uh, David, an interesting thing happened in your minor league system this year. Three of your very top rated prospects have been down part of the year with injuries, probably not um, you know putting up some of the numbers that people expected but oddly, guys we almost never heard of maybe as many as a half dozen of them have stepped in and are having terrific minor league seasons names that I you know could be part of a package deal or part of this franchise in two years
4: yeah, I think that's a tribute to, again to our player development. You know, and some guys, you know, which maybe have been hurt, they battle injuries early on, and then you start to see them get healthy, and they start to reach their potential. But you know, we um, we feel really good about what we have in place in terms of coaches, uh, 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 managers, uh, trainers, facilities across our player development system. So I I think over time, that's going to hopefully create more value. Uh, certainly going to create more players that are going to come to Minnesota and help us, but 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 beyond that are going to create more value around the trade deadline and, and players that we can turn into real assets at the major league level.
0: Okay. Dave came up with something. We talked to the other members of, of your organization. You have a situation We have a ton of players who we rule five uh, availables, at the end of the year, if you can't put them in the boarding man roster, you're going to lose a a lot of them. Do you think you will?
4: <laughs> well, said we're excited to have good players. I think that's a good problem to have. Is that we have too many players, maybe that uh, for spots that we have to protect. So, um, you know, I trust in the you know the decision making process we're going to go through on all of those guys. And, and obviously, Derek and Pat and. Um, the people that we have in place uh, I think we're going to be smart about the way we structure that roster and and you know that's a consideration as well as you go into the trade deadline um, those are those are those are you know factors that maybe go into maybe a guy you may move or not move certainly organizational depth at certain positions so said i feel really good about you know the 2019 season and how it sets up i think to be the start of a period of sustained success for the twins we have high expectations internally and I think we believe that we can not only be a contender in the American League Central uh, going forward, but hopefully can add to this current roster and put us in a position to be a regular contender in October.
3: Dave, when the All-Star Game, more selections made tonight, uh, do teams or do you ever try to push for somebody that you might want in a home run derby from a marketing standpoint? There's somebody that you think fits what they're looking for. Do you guys get much involved in the ancillary to the All-Star Game?
4: Yeah. We advocate for our guys, Mike. You know, obviously I don't I don't know that clubs have a whole lot of uh success with that, I'll be honest. And you know, I'm not sure what they'll do with this year's home run derby in Cleveland, but we certainly have a number of players in our team that are deserved for consideration. You know, it's a it's a unique team, you know, there's so much success, it's so spread out, but and that at the end of the day could hurt us, but I, I, I think it you know, we, we certainly believe we have all stars when you think about where Rosario's done and Kepler, Odorizzi, Barrios, clearly Polanco. Being voted in as a starter, I think, is a tribute to our fans, and I I can't say enough uh, good things about the way our fans have reacted, and we had four finalists, for starters. That doesn't happen without the support of the Minnesota Twins fans.
1: Dave, uh, you got a lot of credit on a national basis for doing those deals with Polanco and Kepler in the offseason. At the time, you said you continued to talk to others. Are you making any progress? Because it it seems that uh, you've got the (laughs) flexibility and the payroll to to try to tie more guys.
4: Yeah, David, we, you know, we certainly have the support of Jim Bolat on that. And, you know, I I think that it probably comes down a little bit to timing. We're not adverse to to, to teeing up those discussions. I'm not sure there's anything that's imminent. I I know that we're committed to, to taking another run at a number of the guys that are on our roster to try to lock them up long term.
3: Yeah, because those guys might be saying, hey, I saw Kepler and Polanco, man. You
1: guys didn't wait long enough, man. They just took off after that. <laughs> no, they don't wow. think that way, no. <laughs> uh, Sid, have wow. you got something else for Dave here? Sid? Sid, you have something else for Dave?
0: What about that football game you got? Is that so out?
4: No, it isn't, Sid. We're, we're just shy of 30,000 tickets sold. Uh, NDSU will play Butler on uh, August the 31st. It will be the season opener for the bison who are you know what back to back to back whatever they are national camps in that subdivision so it will be quite a show their coaching staff was in last week to take a look at the setup i think they're very excited about the opportunity to play a football game at target field and we're equally excited to host them we think it's a great venue for football we're going to try to make that a regular occurrence at target field going forward
1: and you of course will be totally unbiased in that matchup
4: well, I'm a, actually a University of North Dakota guy. Dude. Yeah, they're going to start of,
3: playing I each other
4: lot, again, I huh? Get of, I get a lot of problems. A lot of yeah. problems from my friends in Grand Forks. I bet you do. Bison, but, you but and Dave the Lee, huh? Yeah. The real game is the following week. North Dakota plays North Dakota State in Fargo, I, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, that will be a fun one as well. That will be indeed. Uh, anybody else got? I think we're, we're, we're Sid good. Sid, you want to ask a final question? Mr. St. Pete here. Do you have another football game
0: coming up? We're working on it, Sid. We have nothing at this point locked in. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah, We'd like to play football maybe every other season. So we're focused on 2021 in terms of potentially another game.
0: Dave St. Peter, always a pleasure to have you on the air. But for being on the air, we'll get your murder certificate. Thank you.
3: Uh-oh. All right, guys. Have a great day. You bet. That's Thanks, Dave
1: St. Peter. Just a reminder uh, to our listeners here on this radio station uh, this afternoon, One tenth start, uh, Minnesota Twins versus Chicago White Sox uh, as they continue this road trip. I will give the phone numbers again. I will tell you, as we do so, we have only one line open, so who can dial the quickest? 651-989-9226 is the number to call. We will take your calls right after this. We'll mix it in with some text messages. Remember, that's also the text message number. If you don't want to talk to us, you want to leave a text message, we will mix those up along with some other topics So we've got. That's probably how we'll finish the last 18 minutes here. As you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, you've done a good job. you filled up the phone lines. When you uh, hear somebody drop off, it's your turn to get on. Let's uh, go first to uh, Doug, is it? Doug in St. Paul. Doug, you were the first caller. What's on your mind?
4: Well, I have a question. Uh, A Vikings question. I haven't heard much about the Vikings. Who is going to be the backup to uh, Cook? I'm not sure if he's going to be durable enough. They drafted this kid. Out of Boise State, is there any opinion on who else they going to go out and fight somebody, or is he going to fill the job?
3: They like him a lot. Uh, Mike Zimmer was more impressed with than he thought he would be when he got to uh, uh, rookie camp. I don't know if they're going to sign anybody else that that, uh, but uh, in terms of a veteran, by the time they get to training camp or not, uh, those guys are not. They're not hard to come by, but if uh, if Cook goes down, you really need him. As they found out when they had Latavius Murray save the day in that 13-3 season.
1: Yeah, Mike, I agree. They're not hard to come by, but what a treat it was for the Vikings picking up Latavius Murray and how important uh, yeah. he became. So you know, but if you find out you need a running back and you put out the word, uh, there are a lot of available people. It's not not the way the game used to be played, but I think it's a, a fair question. Let's go up. Let's go up north to Fargo and uh, where David is uh, on the line. David, what's on your mind?
0: Good morning. Morning. I have a question about the Twins. Yeah, Their stadium lights are on full-time during a day game, and I wonder why.
3: You know, I, I, it does strike you and I, I don't know what the uh, qualifications are for that, Dave, and I don't know if they're on all the time or not, but it does seem like if you're driving on 394, you can't help. Uh, but see, I don't know. Is that a standard protocol with uh, Major League Baseball? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, and I'm were, not sure on a real sunny day if they're on or not.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't know. aware of that. Now, they try to make it equal. If you turn them on, they try to turn on the top of an inning so that the you know yeah. the home team and the, and the away team. I wish we had Dave St. Peter yeah, still late. on. The, we just <laughs> missed, and Next that was week. probably when the call came in. But uh, that's uh, that's a good question, and we will try. I can to be. give you a possible answer. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it could help with shadows during the Oh, yeah, the game. for
3: sure. But I just didn't know yeah. what, the, what, what decides when you go to that.
1: That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, um, if it's a
3: bright, shiny day, and it, is it at 4 o'clock you do it? I don't know. I don't know. The shadow knows. It also the says cheerleaders need lights, so that, that could be a good reason. That's a problem
0: for them. I running back. If the guy from Boise State is yeah. not, not the issue, if not the guy who can do the job, if he can't do the job, they got that guy from Detroit they picked up
1: again. I Amir know. Abdullah, but I don't yeah. think he's a, he's a... I think he's a return guy, yeah, mostly. He, he plays right, a little Sid. bit. You know? He doesn't play much at running back. Mostly, he's a return guy now. He was a yeah. good running back at Nebraska. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. That's a good uh, good addition. Uh, yeah, we'll keep going here. Let's uh, go to uh, uh, Ken on line three. Ken, go ahead.
2: Good morning. Um, I noticed this week that uh, yeah. the WCHA um, men's hockey is now realigning again to... Eliminate uh, the, both of the uh, Alaska teams in Huntsville, Alabama. The A teams, right? yeah. So uh, that's kind of interesting. I don't know what they have, those three teams are going to do.
3: I, I guess I haven't spent much time worrying about Alaska and, and Alabama, but yeah, I mean they can go independent, I guess. But uh, obviously, they're trying to make it a more uh, a little tighter knit yeah. community there, Dave. Travel
1: killers. Uh, yeah. I mean, those three are real outliers. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's only for, at this point, it's only for men's hockey, but that's what most people know the WCHA for. Maybe we'll get Bill Robertson, uh, as a guest on here and talk about what's, what's going to happen because it, it's the core of the league in hockey that, that announced that they're going to go, go their separate way. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a great question. The answer to which I think it's kind of, stay tuned. Uh, one more before the break. Let's go to Clancy and Hutchinson. Good morning, Clancy. What's on your mind? Uh, baseball
4: question. The All-Star game coming up. How, who makes the selection or what's the selection process for the reserves? How many twins do you think may make it as reserves? And uh, I guess my thought is uh, they've had pretty of the best record in baseball most of the first half of the season. They should be deserving of uh, quite a few players this year. Thank you.
1: Mike, you want to take a stab? Well, at that, I assume
3: the finalists. You might, you know, if you're a finalist there, then you'd have a pretty fair chance. Meaning, Crone and uh, Cruz and Rosario, and then from the pitching staff. I mean, nobody's overwhelming. I think Bareos deserves a lot of credit. Look at his last three starts. He got beaten a, a great one with with uh, Boston. He got beat – uh, in in Kansas City, I got no decision on one of them, and then the other day, you know, he stepped up when they had to have innings, and he went no bullpen ready. Yeah, went into the eighth inning. He gave up that last home run, which kind of wrecked his, his pitching line. But I think he has really taken a step as being an ace of this staff, top of the rotation guy. Odorizzi's right there, and Taylor Rogers would have an outside chance.
1: Yeah, and the managers, I think, uh, choose the pitchers, uh, as I recall. from, yeah. from history. Yeah, Sid Thank you, Robertson,
0: he's done a fantastic job running at
1: WCHA. Well, what's going to happen? The question is, what's going to happen to the WCHA when, when seven of their, their, their key seven hockey teams all, all leave the, the organization? Can it survive? We'll get Bill on the air. He's, a, he's I agree with you. Good guy. We'll we'll get his read on that. We'll make a note to do that next Maybe week.
3: Maybe it'll be St. Thomas, Alabama, and Alaska. Will serve for I'll Paris. be the traveling secretary <laughs> yeah. for that
1: group. Okay, we are going to take our final break here. As we do, I will tell you the phone lines are open. We've got questions uh topics that we can cover, but we always like to know what's on your mind. So while we're uh, going on the brief break, you're going to call us at 651-989-9226. Got a couple text messages. We will work those in. Why don't you fill the phone line? We'll be back right after this to talk to you. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. And now
0: the end is near. And so I face the final curtain.
1: All right, we are back. Let's hear a little bit of Frank and Sinatra there while we're clear. looking at the callers. We've got two lines open. If you want to give us a call, it's six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to uh, Eric in Lakeville on line one. Eric, what's on your mind?
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I was just wondering since the Twins didn't make any deal for Kimbrell or Keuchel to help secure uh, the staff, is there any prospect that we got in the minors that the Twins should not be trading? I know we've had a, a number of guys had some off years that are high prospects, but is there Is there any guys that teams are going to want that there's no way we're going to trade them? That's all I got.
1: Yeah, I think everybody will ask about uh, Lewis, uh, the number one prospect, and Kirloff, their number two, and Gratterall, their number three, although Gratterall's got uh, some arm problems. Uh, and I think right now they're probably untouchable. But there's, you know, the people they would be willing to talk about are the ones who are not going to have high value. Uh, Gordon, who's been down there a long time, probably, you know, who knows what his major league prospects are, as Dave St. Peter mentioned. Lewis Thorpe, the guy pitching today, is another one they're going to have to make a decision on. Uh, they've, they've got some really good guys you've practically never heard of, and all these teams scout so well these days that I don't think those guys are a secret to anybody who's going to be uh, manufacturing or trying to put together a trade uh, with the Twins. Uh, I've got a, a text message here. Uh, uh, who's uh, the gentleman in the du- Twins dugout with reddish colored hair uh, in a ponytail? Always seems uh, been wondering what his job is. Uh, Devin, uh, the guy you talked to when you call here, Devin, uh, you did a little research. Uh, can I take you off the phone for a second to turn the mic on and tell us what you found?
0: Yeah, I found uh, he seems to be the an athletic assistant athletic trainer.
1: Paul, you there? Paul? You there, Paul? Yep.
0: Go ahead. Bob, Bob Russell, uh, Fergus
3: Falls. Hello? Yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. I'm wondering uh,
4: why put, Dave Winfield wasn't on the field with Paul Molitor with the, the celebration of Jim Mauer and retirement of his number.
3: Who knows? Even I mean, like Dave an, keeps uh, Dave keeps a very busy schedule. and and. Uh, yeah, lives, lives out in, uh, in in Southern California, and, and he only gets back here once in a while, not that often. So who knows? He, he's he got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm sure that for him it's difficult to get away.
1: P.J. Flex' reaction to the Lele question, absolutely. He's in there gadget play things, but we don't talk much to him about Green, Seth Green, a quarterback. And Seth Green last year when the Gophers had, a, had to get eight yards, he was a guy uh, – you know, during the end, it was in the beginning, it was all running plays. In the end, he actually surprised yeah. people and threw the ball.
3: Yeah, he really flourished in that role. And I think, you know, when he, when he scored, you know, he led him in touchdowns there. Maybe even ended up leading him in touchdowns. I don't know. But I think that kind of lit his fire, you know, that uh, he was injured a little bit in the spring football now. But uh, he's had, you know, that's been quite a story, going from Eastridge to down to Texas and then back up at Texas. Yeah, the Oregon, Oregon recruit, says if you don't yeah. want to go here, you don't have to. Minnesota brings him back. Uh, but he is big and strong. And, you know, uh, you find a way to get those athletes to football. And, and the Gophers do
1: a pretty good job
3: of that, figuring out a way to get those guys involved.
1: Mike, what's the uh, Minnesota football uh, picture looked like. We read so much about all the good prospects in basketball. It doesn't feel like we're turning out as many football players. If you look at PJ Flex' commitments for 2021, not a whole lot of Minnesota players on that list. No, one uh, from
3: Hutchinson's going to Boise State, big tight end. I saw you know, the, maybe the uh, one of the most recruited would have been Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Uh, it sounds to me, in talking to somebody from Minnehaha the other day, that has uh, really got a, a foothold on him right now, and that could change because he's playing the summer circuit. But Mark Few's been out here and done uh, a pretty good job with him out there at uh, you know uh, trying to secure him. Uh, Minnesota football, right off the top of my head, it's, uh, it's good, it's solid. I don't, I don't think of many blue chippers coming right now. Uh, they're going to come through here this next year. I know some of the teams are going to be good, and they're about the same. Eaton Burry's going to be good, Minnetonka's going to be good. Uh, Lakeville North's going to be drop off a little bit. They lost those big linemen, yep. uh, but it's not going to be overwhelming. Sid's got something to say. Yeah, Sid. Another subject. Sure. It's amazing the number of guys that are raised
0: in the top 100 players basketball, oh. and Minnesota's recruiting every one of them. But at this point, they haven't got one. I, mean, I feel for Pitino because for some reason he just can't get those guys. They come here, they want to go to some other school.
1: Well, there are no secrets. Everybody, and Mike, you, uh, you had that report on TV of that new uh, sort yeah, of combine yeah. where they come together, top 100. Man, that was a who's who I was in here looking. Yeah,
3: and, and I tell you what, and, and uh, yeah, you, you don't slide anybody by in basketball. No. But you know what, Dave? You don't slide anybody by in baseball anymore either. I, I did that Mr. Baseball banquet last year. You know, yep. the top two pitchers of Stillwater are going to Oregon State, you know. I mean, with all these showcases, with everything, you want to be you your scene.
1: All right, I want to thank our guest today, uh, Bobby Bell. Always oh, great to hear Bobby Bell stories. Hollis Kavner invites you all to join him out there at uh, the 3M tournament. Thad Levine, Johnny Bench. How much fun is to talk to Johnny Bench? PJ Fleck, Eric Kaler. Uh, uh, Dave St. Peter and, Richard, and uh, Richard Pitino. Thank you for your text messages, your phone calls. We invite you to join us again next week. We'll track down a couple of those guests we talked about getting this week. So uh, that wraps it up for today. You've been listening to The Sports Huddle with Mike Max, Dave Mona, and Sid Hartley.